Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 220th episode of the Voluntary Viewing Podcast, recorded on April 10th, 2023. Uh, Andrew, what would you put on a domestic beer can to piss off conservatives? Uh... Post-gay Bud Light. <laughs> Post-gay? Yes. It just I, I know. tastes different. Yeah, pre-gay Bud Light definitely implies the existence of post-gay Bud Light, and I think that we need to just be open about it. Look, I don't like Bud Light because I think it tastes bad. Agreed. <laughs> I d- definitely some... I, I don't... I'm hesitant to be like, wow, look at Bud Light, so progressive, because they did just partner with an influencer... It's oh. cool that they, you know, they, chose they a trans influencer. Like, yeah, they, like they knew they knew that they'd probably happen. get some backlash. And I, I think that it's cool that they did that. And it's maybe becoming more of a normal thing. Um, but just the the heinous backlash of the I don't know what to do with myself now because Bud Light is my identity, but the other part of my identity is hating trans people, and those two things don't mesh anymore. <laughs> it yeah. used to be you could hate trans people and drink Bud Light. Mm-hmm. Now what do I do with myself? Guess I'll go kill myself. <laughs> if only. If only it was that easy. Wait, hold on. This article is saying they brought back the cans? Implying that they had been around before? I want, No, they did this in... What do you mean oh, brought back the okay. cans? Oh, okay. They did the uh they did a more generic rainbow can in 2022. Gay like, rights and trans rights are not seen as on equal levels of uh radical or whatever. Yeah, like, I mean especially trans... since there there are still tons of gay people that also hate trans people. Right. Like if you Somehow. look at like Gallup polls, the US basically dropped gay rights as an issue there's still like an extreme you know 30 percent of the population maybe that is against like gay marriage but the vast majority of the u.s public supports literal gay marriage not even like allowing gay gay people people to exist yeah Yeah. exactly whereas like trans people it's a good like yeah 35 40 percent of the country genuinely thinks they need to be like eliminated <laughs> like, yeah they need it's, to it's be not just taken the, off the world it's like, not like oh sure these are people but they don't deserve equal rights it's yeah. they're not people yeah <laughs> that like that yeah. that's what these people believe about trans people and it's bad yeah no like a rainbow can is not gonna draw the same level of outrage you'll get the whole like wow i can't believe bud light went woke <laughs> and then they'll just drink the normal can but that's that's not the same because it has been so radically politicized, which originally that was gay marriage like that. That right. was a wedge issue like that was literally dreamed up in a think tank similar to the Southern strategy to divide like the religious right and create kind of a new Republican voting block. That's what they're doing again with trans issues, except for trans people like are such a smaller minority of the population than yeah. gay people. <laughs> like at the end of the day, people who identify as a sexual as any sexual minority, like studies will say three to five percent, but let's be honest, it's probably more like 10%. Like right. trans people, mm, you're starting to talk about decimals of a percent. You know, like yeah. this is this is not a very common thing. And so the hatred is so much more fucking distilled. Like mm-hmm. the, the Tennessee law that's getting all the crazy coverage literally affects three high school athletes there are three trans athletes competing in high school sports in the state of tennessee and they are creating a law 
to bar those three fucking athletes. Like it well, is, but it's like you said, it's it's a manufactured issue because, yeah. I mean, like it, it might affect such a small portion of the population, but like you talk to conservatives and they think that this is something that is like overtaking the nation. Yeah, like they they talk about how like you blink. And they're all your kids are going to be trans, like they're going to be transified. Like they think it's a thing that's being done to people and that right. it's everywhere. You you wouldn't know that it's such a small part of the population because they think that for one thing, they think that all Democrats are trans. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like also they think that this is like an epidemic that's going to take over the world because that's what they're told. And they're right. dumb and will believe anything. It really lays bare how a lot of uh, conservative Republican ideology today is just kind of steeped in hatred and how they will abandon things they otherwise believe in just to further harm like marginalized groups of people. I forget which state it's in, but it's like, yeah, no, we just passed a law that like child's genitals can be inspected to make sure they're competing in quote unquote, the right uh, category of sport. And like, I thought you guys were supposed to be like the personal freedoms, like privacy ones. Like what mm-hmm. is what is going on? It's well, they and it's the the classic. Well, all these people that we're saying we don't like are pedophiles. Actually, <laughs> if you if you disagree with us, you're supporting pedophiles. Also, yeah. let me look at your kid's dick. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. I mean, uh, it's something. I mean, imagine being told. Hey, if you teach your kids that this identity exists, that will allow them to like maybe realize something about themselves and <laughs> like live their life as that thing. It's like, oh, so wait, is does that mean that this thing is being repressed and is way more common than we might think? And it's just, yeah, basically being tamped down by these arbitrary societal norms. Like, yeah, hmm. it's it's part of that like train of thought that you know you'll hear conservatives talk about how like it's so much more common to not be you know heteronormative in your sexuality anymore like it's like it's so much more common it's like it wonder why it's because (laughs) that yeah they were fucking murdered before or like at least were afraid to like have it be an open thing because they didn't want to die or at the very least lose all their family connections right and like now it's a little bit more accepted than it was before. So they go, okay, you know what? I'm ready to be who I'm actually supposed to be. Yeah. And you know, it's those people existed before you just didn't know about it. Kinsey was doing research on this sliding scale fucking 60 years ago. How long Mm -hmm. ago was it? Like, yeah, in reality, a lot of people are going to have some bisexual tendencies and it was very easy to just be like, well, I guess I'll just, ignore that part of myself because i yeah i might literally die for it so i'll just live my life as a straight person because why not like i i can i have the capability of doing that it's not great doesn't lead to a very fulfilling life but yeah when you consider the alternatives wild to think about what life would be like if the reagan administration hadn't successfully branded aids as the gay epidemic and just kind of well, ignored I mean, all of those deaths. And, I mean, uh, also the medical community. Like, yeah, the medical, AIDS, yeah, AIDS was called GRID, like gay-related immuno disease. Like that—that's what they called it first. 
God, that's so much more hardcore than AIDS, you know? Yeah, Grid, they, they could have reworked it so that it wasn't yeah. gay-related immunity. Like, it could have been, like, I don't know, some something else that also was Grid, because Grid's yeah. fucking hard, man. Yeah. That's scary. That's a scary disease right there. I mean, that just, that may, I, I know we got, like, AIDS pretty well locked down. I want to take more action against Grid. Like, that is terrifying. Yeah, huh? I agree. Also on the podcast today, we have Ryan Holtz. Ryan, it is the day after Easter. Uh, if you were Jesus, how would uh, how would you have done it differently? I would have murked all those fools. Yeah, me? like what the what the fuck, bro? Like this this dude walks on water. This dude, uh, what's like what do they call that? Transfiguration. This dude creates matter. Like you could create a terminal brain tumor in every Roman guard. Like for for miles, dude. Maybe he did, and they just didn't want to put that <laughs> shit in the books. They didn't. Um, Pontius pilot as he goes to wash his hands, you you turn the water to acid. And yeah, he, no, his hands and, are and gone. it becomes bones. Yeah, like as he insert. I don't know, man. Like you could you could have really fucked some shit up. Someone needs to make that movie. I'm sorry, Warrior like, that, God Jesus, epic. Like I, think. I don't know. I would have been way more metal with it if I had those powers. Because let's be honest, right. like in reality, yeah, you're just a human prophet guy who you know like has been preaching a risky religion for for a couple decades, and now it's caught up to you, and you're and you're getting crucified for it. It's uh, so what would I do if I was human historical figure Jesus of Nazareth? Uh, <laughs> fucking kill myself (laughs) kill myself before i get tortured to death i and and spawn this thing that has kind of become problematic in two thousand years i mean valid but also like i think without the crucifixion you don't get the iconography you know yeah no i think that's again i i i'm assuming i'm ryan holtz in the body and i would know oh wow in in over two thousand years uh, this will be the reason that uh, this one guy's grandparents are completely estranged from the rest of the family. You know, <laughs> I stuff happens. I, I so wouldn't you want would, that. You would just suppress. You wouldn't. I don't know. Let's say forty-eight hours is Jesus. You wouldn't. Uh, you wouldn't try to reclaim it at all. You wouldn't be like. Uh, and then Jesus got really cool with the queer community, <laughs> pointedly. <laughs> Well, make sure there's a whole chapter in the Bible about that. I'm not writing the book. It's like, oh. a bunch of random dudes after I die writing the book. I don't know, man. I don't think it, I don't think they're gonna listen to any of that. And then right before, like, yeah, it's like Paul and John, and they're like, "All right, so I'm writing the gospel. Let's just like bounce some notes off each other. Like, what do you think? Like, oh, do we talk about the part where he talked about how like?" homosexuals are cool or like we just kind of it's kind of assumed we don't gotta put that in there it's It's like towards the end like i don't think that that really uh, it's not really relevant you know it's fine i'll just pretend kind of takes away from the flow you know yeah yeah no like i i'm on board like oh you know me big follower of christ like i'm on board with everything but like you know, we're a small religion and we got to appeal to the broadest demographic possible. We don't want to limit ourselves, right? Like, let's, we'll, 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 we'll reclaim it from the inside, you know? Like, and then they all get fucking 
murdered, murdered. And executed and <laughs> uh, can't can't like bring it on in the yeah no like later right, stages. About us, right before they're about to be hung like wait 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 no, wait no, gay people are cool. the, gay, the gays are <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and then and then a pope is like ah oh, the gays i don't like uh, and and kills a bunch oh, of people. Bob. Yeah, bibbidi bob the spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> it's not uh, great. Last but not least, I am Lucas the writer, and if I were the Romans, I think I don't know a lot of things I would have done differently in the execution of Jesus Christ. Like, I think he gets two falls actually. You mm. know, carrying the cross, like yeah. uh, you fall once, yeah, whatever, fine, that's a part of it. Like, yeah, yeah, come on, we're supposed to humiliate him here. Second time, though, this is taking a while. Come on. People want to get home to their kids. Let's n- enough of that. How many falls did did Barab- uh, the other the other two fuckers, the one who went to heaven and the one who didn't like what? How many falls do you think they had there? Their what if they didn't walk? have to carry it? Yeah. No. What if they had no idea <laughs> what was about to happen. Oh, yeah. We're just going on a sightseeing tour. <laughs> Man, this hill is really pretty. Yeah. This prison release program, you Romans are so progressive. <laughs> like, you really make sure to take care of our mental health, you know? Wait, like, wait, really... wait, what are those nails for? Yeah, what? Oh, wow, this sponge full of vinegar? It doesn't, doesn't taste very good, man. <laughs> what uh, about this? That's another thing I would have done differently. I wouldn't have tacked on the execution of two other criminals to Jesus Christ's execution after making a whole thing out of Jesus's murder. <laughs> You know, hey. it feels like I'm undercutting it a little bit. I think I think that was all, all part of the game. He's not a big deal. He's he's just a dude. Which again, <laughs> yeah, that's the real reason why. Because yeah. he was just another heretical prophet that was uh, in the region at the time. He wasn't a big deal until he was much like Vincent Van Gogh. He wasn't appreciated in his time. He was. He was underground, and then he went crazy and and hung out with this sex worker. Yeah. <laughs> and that was just a bridge too far, man. That was uh, the end of that. And then if I am a magical version of a Roman, uh, yeah, I'm getting Zeus to, like, hang out outside the cave, outside the tomb for a while after, you know? Yeah. Smite it, some motherfuckers. Yeah, smite some motherfuckers. Maybe Jesus does come back. I'm pretty sure he's... He was pretty vocal about like the eh, I'll be back. Don't worry about it. And then boom, Zeus right there waiting for you. What are you going to do, Jesus? Jesus versus Zeus. Yeah. Fight. Yeah. No, we get, to, we get to see the rumble for the ages. Mm-hmm. The, 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 oh God, I'm trying to think of a thing that rhymes with tomb, but it doesn't work very well. The tomb of doom. Yeah. Doom yeah. in the tomb. Jesus, Zeus to enter. <laughs> One leaves. Jesus has lightning powers, right? Uh, that, I think at some point uh, in the Bible, I think he has like magic fire. That's basically lightning. It's like yeah. it's not lightning. Lightning it's is totally a natural occurrence. Lightning. This is the yeah. fire of God. It just looks a lot like lightning. Yeah, no, lightning's lightning's like that. That's just the one. That's that's just the big man. That's he's the, got the kamehameha. Yeah, yeah, Jesus can't do that shit. Jesus just makes fish into more fish. <laughs> Jesus just makes fish into more fish, uh, walks on water that one time, and brings people back from the dead, and, yes. and conquers death itself. Uh, so, can Jesus turn anything into anything? Like, 
because he can turn water into wine and he made yeah. more fish he made one fish more two bread. fish red fish more blue bread fish. too man he can control bread and fish bread and God fish damn. but but like can he do that with anything could he have made that fish something else or does mm. he literally just have the power to spawn fish or he makes the fish blood into wine <laughs> he can only turn liquid into wine if you if you blended up all those fish in a vitamix he could turn that to wine <laughs> but he couldn't turn fish into steak but there something. would still be fish chunks in there yeah oh yeah no i mean the the, the, the solid parts that. of the fish are still yeah, there the bones are still still fish bones but hey it's like vintage too like jesus isn't isn't creating cheap wine he's he's, he's like yeah out no there. that man don't make age shit yeah no exactly Okay, shout out, uh, shout out to, I'm, I'm being a shill here, uh, the Unnatural World Fandom Wiki, which according to their main page, this is a wiki for everything unnatural, uh, unnatural, whether it's vampires, supernatural powers, or even an afterlife dimension, you can read it here. Afterlife okay. dimension is not a way I've heard <laughs> it phrased before. And according to their page on Jesus Christ, his powers are omnipotence. A divine energy manipulation. Wait, omnipotence? Yeah, wait, I, know, I thought Jesus wasn't omnipotent. Yeah, I don't know about that one. The, the he takes one, human form. I don't. The other two thirds of the Holy Trinity were. Yeah, no, omnipotent. Ghost dude, omnipotent as fuck. Like, for sure. Uh, hold. Oh my God, this gets better. Uh, divine resurrection. Exorcism. <laughs> Does he in the Bible actually exercise someone? He, I don't know if he, he, I mean, he gets rid of the devil in the desert, right? right? He yeah. fucks the devil up and makes him go away. So like, that's technically an exorcism, right? Uh, I, I would count that. Uh, and if they don't, just in case, they also have under that in a subheading, okay. banishment, banish anything evil. Yeah, that definitely yeah that's og yeah. isn't there like a pig and shit a yeah. demon pig and he's like ah this is a demon pig get out uh, of here demon dark magic nullification salvation save those who need saving okay uh, like... internal rest inducement what Wait, what is what is that even <laughs> give true eternal rest free from all conflicts oh e- death e- <laughs> eternal not eternal, eternal. Yeah, that was internal. So, okay, so okay, like okay. creating peace on earth. Uh forgiveness. Uh and <laughs> that's then... a superpower. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wait, I have a superpower. Wait, wait, wait. They mean like forget like expunging sins, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, but isn't that eternal salvation? Yeah, salvation or whatever. I don't yeah, know. No, they're, they're kind of double in and... here. Okay, keep going. I know there's more. Followed immediately by that is something just called God mode. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Going God mode. Yo, I'm about to go God mode. Yeah. Uh, good sense, evil sense, consents good and evil. <laughs> what? Again, you can I think I out. have this superpower. <laughs> like I think I can They had omnipotence sketchy. in there. Like yeah. what he's got a good sense of smell too. <laughs> uh judgment manipulation can make people tell the truth or confess their sins. Okay. Again. There's humans with this yeah, superpower. Yeah, he's got the superpower of sodium pentatol. Yeah. Uh, living, con- living conduit, Jesus Christ is an essential host for the one holy true deity. Don't even... Okay. 
he is the one holy true deity. I don't know that they fully okay. Still missing all the transfiguration stuff. Uh magnetic friendship, making be true and understanding friend to anyone. <laughs> he's just a friendly guy. Yeah, he's just he's just bubbly, you know? He's just really just, he's a life just of the party. Have a, yeah, you want to have a beer with him, you know? Uh all right, this is getting really in the weeds. Um they don't mention anything about the making more matter. Yeah. Think of Jesus shape shifting and transmutation. Transmutation is yeah. yeah. Right? Shape shifting though, like he shape shifts. I I don't think Jesus has Ant Man powers. No, he like ascends as like a ghost dude, right? He's like a ghost man. So I guess he can become a ghost man. <laughs> I when what what's the end of the Bible called? Where it's like the, the <laughs> Revelations. Revelations, yeah. <laughs> What's the, um, what's the what's the season finale of the Bible? <laughs> yeah, what's what's the last season of of the Bible? Yeah. Um, it, isn't he like different? And like again, like this this is just what they're projecting because you know the the rest of the Bible they're like this is what happened, but like in this one they're like and this is gonna happen I, and it's gonna be sick. Like, isn't he like totally different? I missed the chance like, to make the joke earlier, but uh, yeah, no, Luke and Paul were definitely in the desert with Jesus, tripping on peyote and wrote all of Revelations and just stuck it in there. That's a keeper. Not, uh, it wasn't Revelations. Who wrote Revelations? John Papa. Was, who's that? Uh, uh, like somebody who was exiled. I think a Greek philosopher who was exiled. Uh, um, author authorship okay john the elder yeah the author names himself as john modern scholars considered unlikely that the author also wrote the gospel of john he was a jewish christian prophet probably belonging to a group of those prophets commonly dated to AD 95 okay because it makes references to nero and there's things in the visions pointing to the reign of Domitian. There you go. So just a dude. Yeah. <laughs> Some dude. It's like, hey, man. And then there's seven horses. It's crazy. Oh, they also give Jesus uh, Jesus carpentry as one of his powers. Hey, that's a legit superpower right there yeah, it's, man. That's you know? just hard 20 bucks an hour in rural wisconsin <laughs> I, the ability to support a family on a single income not anymore in rural wisconsin okay 20 bucks an hour you're, you're probably getting overtime kid, you're paying yeah. off that house reasonably quickly yeah no when you when you can get a hundred fifty thousand dollar fixer upper in the middle mm. of the woods yeah, man, you can do it. And you have the skills know. to fix it up. You'll totally get around yeah, no. to it. <laughs> One day. For shits yeah. and giggles, I looked uh, looked up the real estate in the town where Lucas and I grew up in. And the cheapest house for sale was $350,000. All right. Well, hey, let's look up the town I'm from. No lie. Your, your guys' town was closer to, like, other towns, I feel like. Yeah, so. but it's still a piece of shit. It's still a piece of shit. Piece of shit. Andrew, I'm on Zillow right relevant. now, and I found a house for sale in our hometown for a hundred 
160,000. Is it a house and it is it also still for sale? I'm talking about the ones that are not pending. Active offer. It's estimate uh 1 1570 or 157,000, sorry. Okay, yeah. what's well, that means it's it's already off the market. Well, oh, I got I got it houses. says active offer. Active offer I think means that oh, it has an offer okay. in place. I understand now. There's a fuck ton of lots. Yeah. It's definitely a bunch of lots for sale for a lot less. Dude, there's this fucking crazy ass house on Main Street. 190K. Three bed, one bath. Where is this? In my house <laughs> for a friend. Reedsburg, Wisconsin. West Main, dude. I think I've driven by this house, I'm sure. <laughs> That's literally in the middle of town. That's not even in the country. 190K. Probably a shithole. That's okay. Oh, is it this one that looks like yeah, it's yellow? Yeah, it kind of looks Victorian. It's got a weird, yeah, little spiky thing. Yeah, we got some of those in shitty Berlin. Yeah, apparently not for 190k though. Oh yeah, no, estimated mortgage sucks. 1347 a month, dude. Yeah, there's an American flag in the in the window of one of the bedrooms. Why not? Boy, rural Wisconsin, a lot of a lot of three beds, one bath situations. I don't. Yeah, there are a lot of houses that just have one bath. Turn one of those bedrooms into a bathroom is what I'm saying. I don't know, man. Mm. Full basement. Contact Dan Bartz. Prices dropped. It, it originally was listed for 250k. <laughs> they're they're getting desperate, man. <laughs> it dropped Yikes. 60k off of asking in the last. Uh, nine months <laughs> looks oh, out God. originally sold it was last sold for 59k <laughs> when in 2019 i don't know man Ooh. <laughs> sold for 59k in 2019 before that it was sold for 80k in 2018 seems like some shit's gone down yeah. Um, three bed, two bath for 150K on Main Street, Reedsburg, Wisconsin. What I say, 150K, baby. Get in there, Andrew. It. Andrew, no. Reedsburg's not the worst small town in the world. <laughs> That's all I'll say. I wouldn't, <laughs> okay. wouldn't say it's a a good place to live or even a even a place Decent. you'd want to live. Yeah. <laughs> not I mean- the worst. No AC, it sounds like, in this 150K house, but, you know. I mean, Andrew, if you want to make your money work for you, there are a lot of empty lots in Wisconsin you can buy for. If I hear make your money work for me, <laughs> for you, I I might go ballistic. Yeah, what's a, what's a lot in a desirable area? Ooh, oh, here's a lot this, for 35K. This house is in a shitty part of Madison, and it's 225000 and smaller than our apartment. 600 square feet. <laughs> What's the mortgage, though? <laughs> That's your 250,000. You're what? You're looking at like 1,600. Yeah. It's cheaper than my rent. Yeah. What is the rule for down payment again? Like what percentage of the. 20. Huh? 20%. No, usually 20, oh. but it's I not mean, like just... it's not a hard rule. It's... As much as you can afford. Yeah. Right, 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 right. <laughs> As much as you can possibly put down. <laughs> I well, like in Los Angeles, it is for most people. Well, okay, most people can't buy a house in Los Angeles, but for the ones who can, scraping and scrounging, they're just barely hitting that down payment, and then 
Yeah. There's a new California um, first time home buyer assistant program that's apparently pretty fucking metal, like Ooh. in terms of actually helping people. <laughs> ah. So there's that with really high caps. Like the, the cap was like 150K gross income. And that's not even like per household. It's like for you as a human. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, that is a hell of a cap. Love that. But anyway, what are we doing? Have we done, have we finished the intro yet? No, I think uh, that, yeah, that's it, right? We can. So I don't know if week. Lucas introduced himself. Yeah, I, I, I said, why would you differently if I were the Romans and Jesus oh, Christ yeah. and like I was killing Jesus Christ? Okay. Uh, it'd be less of a show off for one thing, uh, and two, like, come on, man, quit quit hamming it out, hamming it up out there, you know? Like, you get one fall. I no, we're not letting your mom like wipe you off. Like what? No, come on. Get out of here. Nah. Maybe put a couple more guards around the tomb. Yeah, maybe. Maybe don't even do it to maybe just burn them. You At know? that point the guards are are gonna die, right? Like <laughs> Jesus was all forgiving and shit before he died. After he died, I don't think he made any promises, right? Like he can He'll murk you, like he'll he'll yeah. just kind of snap his fingers and your your brain will shut off. No, all <laughs> Di- dying off. tends to make people pissed off. Yeah, it would piss me off, I guess. Maybe uh, it's Game of Thrones rules. A part of him didn't come back. Mm. Oh. All of a sudden, Jesus became a huge bitch and was just like, "I don't want it. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to be God's son anymore. <laughs> I'm just here now." <laughs> Just want to have sex with my aunt and chill. Yeah. Don't bring me back if I fall again. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Jon Snow. Can't believe they're doing another show with him. Christ. Are they still? I haven't heard anything about it since it apparently got greenlit. That's how it works. And then one day there's a <laughs> teaser trailer and it's going to be fucking Ghost <laughs> and a and the fucking the sword and it's gonna be like coming soon you're gonna be like jesus christ yeah because that character did because that character definitely didn't run out of interesting things to explore like by season five i mean he he was never interesting though i mean like he was a good character but like it's like he's a fucking paladin he's boring as shit he's just like i just want to protect the realm and do what's right always yeah. i have no depth what storyline was in the interesting thing yeah like he was yeah, our that's... pov into yeah beyond the wall and everything like that that's that was really important and necessary and i would argue it was it was better for him to not have like interesting i didn't want him to be like some goofball who's like right. <laughs> lulls like Oh, does anyone else wildlings like just that that would be dumb like yeah it wouldn't fit and but yeah that's like when you write books <laughs> that's, that's how you write them sometimes like not every character is a fascinating charismatic whatever like sometimes they are kind of blank so that we can properly understand you know the dynamics of this one region and so then you know, reason number five million that George R. R. Martin is never going to finish the book series because, yeah, at some point he's going to have to join the other characters and have something to say and have a point of view that is actually interesting when he is no longer in this fascinating fantasy world way up north and he's in the politics 
of everything I, where you kind of need to be more charismatic and have a point. He's so. still dead. He's still dead in the books. He can come back a little wackadoo. Yeah, yeah that's how George <laughs> R. Martin writes out of oh, it. Yeah. And then he just takes Tyrion's dialogue and replaces it with John's. Yeah, John dialogue. came back very flamboyant. Yeah, wow. John's pretty funny, huh? You make jokes. Yeah. Um, Andrew, thank you for saying the word paladin earlier because we're jumping right to the group chat, the most interesting part of uh, this document, I think. Uh, we all watched Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Yeah. And I think we all had a good a, a good time with it. Is that fair? Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Good movie. I like the nods. I liked, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but that was like my biggest takeaway probably was the the final fight uh, with the Red Witch, how mm-hmm. it was very clear that you could see like the turn by turn aspect of the fight. Like you could see she makes a move and then like each of them kind of individually in rapid fire make their move. And like, it, it was cool to watch cinematically and also yes. knowing like that they're doing a nod to like Dungeons and Dragons combat and how when you're playing or watching people play Dungeons and Dragons, you kind of forget that this is happening in real time in combat. Like, mm-hmm. When you say, and then I try to stab them with my rapier and you roll and every, that that is happening instantaneously. Like, and then the next move happens instantaneously. Yeah. Cause I, I think it's a full like round of combat where everyone does a turn is like six seconds. Something like that. It yeah. Depends on the size of the party and everything. Yeah. And I like, you know how they like hammed up the backstories so, like just clearly some asshole yeah. making their own OC. Like, and and this tragic thing happened to them and and it weakened them or made them stronger in another way. Mm, and your and, perspective might change. Yeah. And, and then again with the paladin guy, just like a total yeah. fucking annoying. The most boring. Who's also perfect. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like why? A question I have about this universe. This isn't a genuine dig at the movie. This is a dig at the concepts of Dungeons and Dragons. Why would anyone be a Harper when it seems like paladins are 90% the same deal, except they get way cooler shit. <laughs> there's definitely classes that people, like, they, there's house rules. Yeah. Like, if a DM, like, I just don't like that class, I think that they're boring and stupid, they will, like, yeah, not allow you to play that class. Yeah. <laughs> or like, say, oh, like, yeah, you can do this, but, you know, we're changing these couple of things. And, like, yeah. that's... And, like, that's kind of interesting from a game design perspective. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to make paladins kind of overpowered, but you have to play as a lawful good piece of shit yeah. in, in totally this campaign. Boring. That's fun. the negative. That's how we balance that. Yeah. No, I, I, for... Oh, t- to me, <laughs> uh, Zank, what was it, Zank Yendar or whatever, the, pal- the paladin guy, to me more screamed, like, the NPC that the dungeon master brought in to help them out because right. because they were struggling mm-hmm. and then had to fuck off because he wasn't part of the actual story. Yeah. And he would break the game. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like there's some classes that a lot of dungeon masters, when they get a chance to play as a player, like intentionally break. Like I know Brennan Lee Mulligan has created a character that did. I don't even remember. It was something. It was like 1200 points of damage in one turn because he just, he broke it like he, yeah. he was like oh if i do this and take this multiplier and this multiplier and this class trait and this multiplier i do 
and then and then he just bro- breaks out like a jar full of dice and it's just like here we go if i set up my robe full of carnivorous cabbages and put on the <laughs> gloves that yeah. multiply damage by carnivorous cabbages yeah i'm unbeatable i'm the cabbage it's, king it can be fun but also i don't know if you're boring like if yeah. you're not if you're not wanting to be interesting and like fun to listen to and I don't know. I feel like the Dungeons and Dr- the best part of Dungeons and Dragons is not the combat. Like that's it's the in between. It's yeah. the choices. Yeah. Yeah. It's the it's the telling the story. It's the improv of it all. If you've got a fun group. So yeah. Um I enjoyed in the arena that like the other adventurers were dressed as more like traditional Dungeons and Dragons characters. Yeah, you know, just um, plain plain Jane shit. Yeah, but also really colorful in a way that like, eh, maybe I can make a criticism about like the costuming of this movie. But yeah, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> I just found that weird that it's like, oh, I vaguely remember a Dungeons and Dragons cartoon that had characters dressed like this uh, from childhood. So, all right. Cool. Yeah. Uh, the Nat One stuff <laughs> felt yeah. pretty fun and actually organic. I thought it'd be a little more, I don't know, like in Fantasy High a lot when characters roll a Nat One, like things can come to a screeching halt in a way that right. is great for that medium, but might not uh, translate into a movie. But in the movie, it was like, yeah, no, he's running over a table covered with gold and other treasure. Dexterity check. Nat one. Oh, you slip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, Bradley Cooper popping up out of nowhere, like That's got right. me to ah! audibly gasp and laugh in the theater. Yeah. It was like, Just oh, what the fuck? There's two foot tall Bradley Cooper that <laughs> came out of nowhere. Yeah. Wow. He's he's the perfect person. He's like he's he's completely self actualized and would make an unbelievable partner. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, like, I... yeah, just Yikes. very honest with her and like, right. yeah, I wish you the best. This didn't work. I tried yeah. really hard and no resentment yeah. whatsoever for the fact yeah. that it failed completely as a result of his partner. Just genuine love and care. And <laughs> you know what? It didn't work out, but there's nothing wrong with that. You're not a bad person I... because of that. <laughs> I felt like they cheated a little bit with the hither tither staff. Like, if I were a DM, I'd be like, no, like, the rule, you have to, like, be able to maintain eye contact within 500 yards. Like, that. Look, man, they did Portal in Dungeons and Dragons. I I liked it. (laughs) All right. Those were some pretty interesting shots. That was was a pretty interesting sequence. Like, the... The portal on the bottom of the carriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That did lead for some fun. Yeah. Um, what else do I have about the movie? Uh I guess it's kind of weird that like uh ostensibly a bigger budget action adventure movie released in if not the early spring, like the winter, when I'm used to stuff like this coming out in the summer, and I wonder now. Is this just how it works? Do like action adventure movies get out of the way for whatever Marvel DC stuff is inevitably going to land in the summer? Is that I think they kind of release all year long, don't they? They're pretty. <laughs> they can they can draw in crowds most of the time, right? 
Are you saying uh, action adventure movies or Marvel yeah. DC movie? I, mm, action adventure. I don't know. This felt more like a summer blockbuster to me, and I was it did. I was surprised it did not release in the summer. And I do wonder if it's that, or I wonder if uh, you know people uh, in executive roles or whatever the movie equivalent of scheduling is decided that yeah, Dungeons and Dragons still doesn't have enough brand power to get butts in seats against uh, more like type competition. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was just uh, they didn't see anything else in that kind of category coming out around this time and thought, oh, it's the perfect time. We don't have any competition. No, fair. It is not making its money back yet. We'll see if it can do that. It was a hell of a budget, $150 million budget. So, I yeah. I heard he was doing pretty well. It's doing pretty well, but like right now it's at 124 million. Uh, yeah. Um, and this last weekend it pulled in like 15 million. <laughs> so, in reality, it's going to be looking at maybe 200 million throughout its entire run, mm. and that's not good enough <laughs> to make your budget back. In fairness, it did release at uh, at, like outside of a year, outside of uh, in a weird time where Dungeons and Dragons stock has maybe never been lower i remember like i know it's like ubiquitously popular now but yeah when that movie came out like uh, the common conversation around dungeons and dragons was oh they're changing the licensing stuff to be terrible to creators hold on we don't want to support this everyone wanted to go to the movie though i feel (laughs) I, i i definitely i don't think that it prevented many diehards from seeing the movie it's not like wizards of the coast made it you know that's fair. Actually, I don't know if I remember seeing Wizards of the Coast anywhere. I I saw Hasbro's name a lot. Yeah, I don't. They must have the rights to the movie yeah. or something. Huh. If I remember correctly, reading about it, this movie was in development hell for like a really long time because of like numerous lawsuits over who actually had the rights to make it. Weird. And like a bunch of different writers and directors like came on and dropped off before they finally made this version. Huh. I I wouldn't have guessed that from the production, but all right. Uh, let's see. Stray thoughts. Uh, special effects, really good. Um, boy, that was an owl bear. All right. Yeah, yeah that were that like owl bear. Just fucking shaking um, baby syndrome. Yeah, you got end. full owl bear. I don't. I don't know what the name of that weird jaguar thing is. Uh, but I've seen that in I don't know how many games that vaguely take place in a fantasy setting. Uh, so that was cool to get like L- legit. I never seen that shit before. Really? What, okay. what was that? Uh, Google, come on, Jaguar thing in Dungeons and Dragons with like Venus flytrap limbs. Okay, no, Jaguar, not maybe Puma? Those are the same thing. There are all the menacing monsters in Dungeons and Dragons Among Thieves. It's a displacer beast? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and it has an extra set of paws originally? Hmm. Yeah. Also known as a Dirlagran or an Omlar cat. Oh, yeah, that was another stray thought I had. Existing in the Dungeons and Dragons universe seems exhausting. There's a lot going on. 
lot of rules. You know, just like, yeah, like a lot of languages to keep in mind for one thing. Everyone has to be multilingual. Otherwise, you can't survive. Plenty of monsters to remember because they're just always around and you have to keep their weaknesses in mind. And, uh, boy, yeah, there's always a MacGuffin. There's always a trinket that will just end any conversation right there, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, we can figure out, like, a way to get this information. Oh, no, we don't need to. I just got a token that lets me bring dead people back to life. I, I mean, going into that scene, I thought that was, was going to be, like, really heavy-handed and exhausting. I actually thought they, it was really funny. <laughs> it was good. They didn't they didn't exhaust it. It was a fun a fun bit. Yeah. And they even called back with the post credit scene, mm-hmm. which was fun. Yeah. Uh, Do you think anyone's ever made like an RP like 2023 where you just Dungeons and Dragons rules but it's like Sims like <laughs> you just live your life as like a human in a human world where uh, corporate America has completely destroyed the will to live. And you yeah. notice that your car turned over one, one time more than it usually does. Yeah. Right. You turn your car off and check it out. Or do you get to work because you're going to be late? Right. Yeah. It's just like, Oh, you're going to, uh, so what do you do then? It's like, Oh, I get in my car and start the car. And it's just like, roll a perception check. And just like, <laughs> Ooh, that's a four. It's like, Everything's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, go ahead, pull out of the driveway. It's like, all right, I'm heading down the freeway. Uh, give me another perception check. Uh, eleven. Something's wrong. <laughs> Something's going bad. Uh, what do you do? Just like, I guess I pull over. All right, you pull over. Do you call AAA? Yeah, sure. Oh, AAA can't get to you right now. There, <laughs> it's actually really busy, like rush hour. So yeah, I guess you're just. You're stuck here for a while. What do you do? <laughs> do I have games on my phone? <laughs> uh, you do, but the only one that you actually like uh, has an update, and you don't want to use data because you've already used most of your data for this month. So, As you, you can tell by your beat-up car, you don't make very much money. Yeah, you have to kind of settle for one of the shittier games that you don't really actually like. I watch I- porn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, can you give me a stealth check? Stealth check on that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Ooh, four. Uh, a cop's driving by, and uh, he sees you. <laughs> he turns around, with his lights on. Uh, you forget. You forget to desync. To <laughs> you forget to desync your phone to your car's speaker. Yeah. <laughs> and you have the windows down because your AC is broken. Oh yeah. Uh, um. God, I have one more thing I wanted to say about this movie. Uh, no, I guess I lost it. Maybe it'll come back. But uh, yeah, you know what? Pretty good. Not bad. Maybe bottom half of 2023 top 10. Yeah. See it making the list. Um, I've got to mention last week, but uh, E3 is dead. Maybe probably dead. forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Insert me in front of the grave, like uh, I fucking great. I don't know. I I was trying to think about what this meant to me as a gamer. Um, and the only thing I can think of is that like I don't know if video games were ever cool, but they definitely aren't now. Like <laughs> E3 fundamentally was like 
a commercial, like one big commercial, but it had origins as like a trade show. And like, originally it was like a place where people in the video games industry would make their pitch would be like, Hey, this is why you should stock our shit. This is why people should care about our shit because it was new media and weird. And like, you needed to make a pitch to sell this stuff, but now they're ubiquitous uh, mainstream for lack of a better word people then check their phones every two or three minutes to to see updates on twitter about game trailers getting released right now it's now video games are just normal they're a part of the noise so like we don't really need e3 to be e3 anymore and like summer games fest is gonna fill that niche like that's Probably if anyone is going to, if any companies are going to partner with anyone to do video game announcements, it's going to be through that, uh, which whatever, I imagine a lot of them are going to go the Nintendo route and do independent announcements, but I don't know. It's not, it's not the same. I I don't, I understand for my job, I kind of am a streamer, but I don't care for streamers and like, yeah, that's more what Summer Games Fest seems to be about than whatever E3 was. So that feels like a step down for me or that, I don't know. I feel less connected to video games now without E3 as a trade show being around. Uh, and therefore, I think video games are not cool anymore if they ever were. Yeah, video games ain't never been cool, fam. Nah. Oh, they're acceptable. That's it. Uh, what is unacceptable, though, is that Twitter replaced the bird icon with Doge uh, or Dogecoin for April Fools uh, on April 3rd and only on the desktop version of the app. And in the middle of Elon Musk currently getting investigated for Dogecoin manipulation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which he did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. like objectively. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I. Gotta love Doge. Yeah. To the, to the fucking moon, baby. What is that? What does that chart look like? How, how bad? How, how bad? How Since... bad? Like, is Doge like the value of it versus what it used to be at like the peak? Yeah, it was worth 64 cents briefly when Elon went on SNL and then it crashed and it is now worth less than a penny. Jesus Christ. <laughs> My God! Oh wait, no, it's not. It's eight. And no, a half it's worth cents. eight cents. Eight, oh. eight, a little over eight cents. I thought yeah. I was thinking one more, one more zero. Yeah, you did it, Elon. You inflated that stock once again. You manipulated is, that market. It is still higher than it was pre-gold rush, even no. now. Yeah, like, but I, I think like Game Stock definitely is. Did I say Game Stock? Game, game Stock. Power to the players. Uh, GameStop is at twenty two dollars. I I I know that that's like a huge dip from where it was during the middle of that shit. But like when Lucas sold GameStop, it was like two dollars, yeah. right? Oh no, when I bought GameStop, it was like yeah, two dollars. I sold it at like about eight. twenty. Okay, you sold at twenty, damn. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm not mad about that. I've decided. I made my money. It's chill. I could have made more money. I'm not gonna be greedy. It, what was its peak? Uh, oh, this is definitely wrong. It's showing the peak right, here. Right, I know. It said 80, but I remember it. But it was definitely $200 like, a share. Yeah. It almost got to 300 at one point for sure. 
Uh, yeah, two hundred fifty bucks a share. That closed at one Damn. day. That would have been nice. Think about it, Lucas. Well, oh, what's AMC at? What's what's the one that we hopped on board with? AMC's at five bucks a share. We got out, baby. Yeah, yeah. Lucas, Lucas, Lucas you did loss. not, Lucas. Yeah, you no, you, you can't join this. You sold, look, I sold for exactly what I bought it for, yep. like a day before it like tripled in value, where Ryan sold it. But I still didn't lose money on it. I lost money on Virgin Galactic, which I accidentally bought in a mishappen transaction the next day, which is now worthless. <laughs> Yeah, no, I held I held for a little bit. I think I only made like uh, maybe like 500, 600 bucks. I put a lot in though. You guys remember that? <laughs> I put in way too much on the AMC thing just in case it absolutely exploded. You. And then it was like, well, there's nothing to do now. I'm just going to leave it. And then Lucas, you were like, oh, I sold. And we were like, Lucas, you sold it like the lowest possible point, man. <laughs> Not saying that, you know, it was guaranteed, but damn. Uh, I was gonna buy more once you said you sold. I thought about it. I was like, but now you could buy it because it, it was down. It was down to like what, like seven bucks a share or something after that little little peak, and then yeah, it popped up to sixty bucks a share. But I think I sold at like thirty or something, and we bought at like seventeen. So, damn. Shaquille O'Neal is making the case that he is the most agile NBA player in the history of the game by evading FTX-related court summons for over four months. It's impressive, man. Right. Yeah, he's a he's one of the most public figures there is. For a man his size to be that good at dodging lawsuits, <laughs> it's just, it's unheard of, man. He's, he's a genetic anomaly. How do you... Can you imagine? I have no idea what like this part of the legal system looks like. I don't. Can you imagine you being the... go serve Shaq? Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna break my ankles. One, yeah. Imagine <laughs> on the being... court. You're gonna cross me over, man. I can't. I can't body up Shaq. You kidding me? Imagine being what is now a member of a team to serve Shaq and two, the boss having to deal with. His employees coming back every week saying, "We couldn't, we couldn't find him." That is how it worked in the movie, right? It's like, all right, you, it's your job. Head out, serve Shaq. We've heard he's on the east side or something, and he goes, and it's like a a pickup court with a chain link fence, and he's just yamming it on some dude, and then you're just rolling up, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, yeah, no, you can serve me." But I'll play you for it. Like, and then <laughs> just just getting, yeah, just absolutely crossed. Shaq's like hitting step back threes and shit. And it's just like, damn. And then you have to go home and just like, well, I couldn't find him, I guess. <laughs> and uh, just, just imagine being like, where am I going to find Shaq in this giant city? And it's just a crowd of people with one guy about four <laughs> times taller than everyone else You're like oh there he is yeah it seemed a mile away <laughs> yeah Shaq Shaq definitely is a guy who he's in it for Shaq man like you're for better or worse like Shaq yeah. voted for Trump in 2016 like, oh yeah because it would give him lower taxes <laughs> like you know there's a uh, he's that guy and there's you know 
it's not necessarily good, but he's in it for Shaq, baby. He is in it for Shaq. It's also kind of weird how, like, that's still a relatively archaic element of our legal system. But then also, yeah, I can see the argument being made that if we don't have someone physically giving people court summons, like, they're just going to my email. plausible deniability, their way out of ever appearing in court. Yeah, we have emergency alert systems that the government has on our, like, they couldn't just send a fucking push notification that doesn't go away until you click, like, I acknowledge or something. <laughs> like... uh, I'm sorry, I thought they were referring to the Nashville Shaquille O'Neal, uh, not not me. I don't, I don't know if that, that plausible deniability could work with a summons, like, that could work with being served documents. Oh, I thought these documents were for the Nashville Lucas DeRider, like... I don't know. I, I, th- I think that we could do a 21st century edition of this. It, it could, it's possible. But then we'd lose jobs. Ooh. Everyone's favorite. Pineapple Express would never exist. No. Yeah. True. I forgot that was Seth Rogen's job in that movie. Outside of having sex with a high schooler. <clears throat> Ugh. I'm sorry, what? Did I miss <laughs> yeah. that part of the movie? Yeah! Seth Rogen's dating a high schooler in Pineapple Express. Shit. Wait, seriously? Yeah. I thought that was a meme. Are you, I thought you were just talking about Scott Pilgrim. No. Final Ex- Express Seth Rogen girlfriend. Amber Heard. Oh my god, it's Amber Heard, too. Holy <laughs> shit. 18-year-old high school girlfriend. Damn. Not illegal. Sketchy as hell. How old is Seth Rogen? I I don't know how old Seth Rogen is in that movie. Um, what's his character's name? Dale Denton. Dale Denton age. 23. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Full full scum mm. mode. <laughs> Yeah, no. You're if you're 19 and you graduated there last year, sure, whatever. Yeah, nah, fam. Oh, just scum mode. How do they even meet without a sketchy situation? Yeah, pretty much impossible, huh? Oh, wow. But literally, straight up Amber Heard playing 2008 Amber Heard. Gotta love it. When did she meet Johnny Depp? Amber Heard, Johnny Depp. She's 36 now. She was 22 then. They met in 2009. They met like a year after this movie. Mm. Damn. There we go. What if she... 1986... 2009. Ooh. No, no, she's she's twenty three. She was twenty two when she did Pineapple Express. I mean, but that's just like Leo DiCaprio, like classic Hollywood. Yeah, I guess that's not advanced sketchy. That's just regular sketchy. It's just regular bullshit. Yeah, and they also didn't start dating until two thousand twelve. So 
but at that point she's 26 it's kind of like yeah you yeah, know okay. <laughs> once that brain's fully developed <laughs> like it's not gonna make me look at the much older person in a positive light necessarily but it's hard cops to don't say have to come yeah exactly it's hard to say that there's anything actually morally bankrupt going on so but the power dynamic uh, yeah the whole Ooh. world's a power dynamic baby yeah there's no such thing as an equal power dynamic unless you are born the same day with the same upbringing the same family background the same job literally the same job in the same industry in the same place there's no ethical sex under capitalism right and even that because yeah then you have men at an inherent power advantage over women just in as an example of our fucked up patriarchal society so in reality the woman would actually have to be like a little elevated above the man for it to be actually level yeah it doesn't really doesn't really work there's no ethical sex under capitalism. We love. Uh, it. I'm actually dating myself, though I worry this might be. Uh, I, I though I worry I might be self sabotaging myself. Yeah, no, that's fucked self-sabotaging up. Self sabotaging myself. Yeah, that's fucked up, man. I I, no. I don't condone. Yeah, like professionally, I think we can continue, but like I I think personally, I'm gonna. Have you to and I are like, done. Uh, yeah, personally, yeah, no, like the opposite of Christian Bale. <laughs> You and me, we're done personally. I I can't wait to continue working with you in a professional capacity. You are excellent at your job, and I really want to continue. Yeah. Oh fucking hell! Uh, moving into the breakouts, I watched the independent experimental horror film Skinamarink. Uh it's interesting i'm glad i watched it i don't think i enjoyed it it's not got a great uh rating <laughs> for any for reviewer everyone. i don't know if it's for anyone based on yeah based on this based on what i'm seeing from what are you seeing and such oh just just all the reviews well, i guess rotten tomatoes has it pretty decent not great, but decent. Audiences hate it. <laughs> you know How about that. You know, you know, it's this kind of movie when the top auto question in a Google search result of the movie's title is, "What is the point of Skinamarink?" <laughs> so, is it like a loosely collected, uh, like, or just a loose like collection of? short horror stories is that it no uh one solid continuous uh loose narrative interesting uh there is a plot there it 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 does have a traditional film structure in some sense but it is just dreadfully slow uh there's no explanation for what's going on really in a way that is both terrifying, but also exasperating. And yeah, it did evoke a sense of terror and dread and unsettling in me by the entire premise is children are put in a unknowable, dangerous situation. But then like, 
I don't know. It seemed like the purpose of doing that was to instill a sense of terror and dread in me because children are in a dangerous situation. And it's like, oh, I don't know. The justification is getting a little cyclical here. Mm. Uh, that being said, immediately after finishing this movie, uh, which was created by a, an experimental uh, horror YouTuber, uh, my partner Maria and I watched the MatPat film theory <laughs> explaining what was going on in Skin of Ring. You, you know, that's that's the sign of a good movie. <laughs> How long is the MatPat film theory episode? Uh, like 18 minutes. Uh, okay. maybe 16 minus the Hello Fresh promo at the end of it. Oh, uh, at course. the end of it. Gotta hit that. Uh. I disagree with what he thinks is happening there. Although in the course of watching it, he did point out some details I had missed. So I appreciated that. Um, I don't know. I what's the movie trying to say, Lucas thematically hit us with them themes. You know, you love a theme, you love a good theme. Boy, things are terrifying when you are, when bad things are happening as a child and you don't even have a sense of objective reality yet and are maybe inventing explanations for why things are happening. Um, is that a theme? <laughs> the theme is childhood is fucked. <laughs> I possibly, I, I don't know. Um, this is a slight spoiler, but it's also the conceit of the movie. So I don't, I'm, I'm comfortable saying it. Uh, like the movie kicks off uh, with like all of the doors and windows into these two kids' uh, home disappearing and they are trapped inside. So I think if not being inspired by some pandemic related stuff, uh, this movie might be a commentary on the psychological uh, processes or damage inflicted by the COVID-19 pandemic onto uh, onto children. So that's something. But also, like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know about the rest of it. I just read the uh, Wikipedia plot of this movie and what? Yeah. <laughs> I think you need to watch it. That's what it sounds like. I feel like I don't. I I don't know if Jade is still the same person uh, person she was in college, but I feel like college Jade would like this movie. I feel like she wouldn't. She, I've watched experimental horror films with her. This seems less experimental and more just weird. I want the storytelling is experimental for sure i mean like i and i haven't seen the movie so like maybe but like are the filmmaking techniques experimental because that's the stuff that jade likes i don't jade doesn't care for like wobbly plot um i mean it's not experimental to the point where like there is no narrative in this film like experimental to the point of the this film lacks a traditional uh structure but it's experimental in how much they commit to this being an analog horror piece. This being uh, just painfully, intentionally slow. 
uh, almost to the point of mundanity, almost to the point of, oh, I'm experiencing like a very bored kind of dread right now. I, that was new. That was novel, definitely. Um, and I should also note that like, regardless of my criticisms, uh, this was a film that was made on a budget of $15,000. And like, that's cool. That's cool that I think it's made like two mil at least at this point uh, on what was just a dude who I think crowdfunded it and then shot it in his childhood home. So I, I kind of want stuff like that, uh, this to exist in the world. So like, I'm glad I saw it. I wish I liked it uh, more in execution than in concept. Hmm. There you go. What are y'all checking out? Are you guys ever going to watch Succession? Uh, Probably not. Uh, no, m maybe. Although I feel like I'm getting a lot of enjoyment listening to other people talk about Succession. Uh, crazy Cousin Connor, I think it was. He got married or something. Connor is a brother. He's he's the oldest. Uh, Wait, Greg why isn't is he the in the Succession? Because uh, he's he's the... They call him the first pancake. Like, yeah. You know, the first pancake you get is not very good. Oh, <laughs> you kind of got to like warm it up, like figure he's kind of, yeah, he's just ignored. Oh, uh, he's he, he's he has a different mother than the other siblings. Oh, so he's, he's significantly older than them. And it's not really considered when it comes to anything to do with like the succession of it all. Wow. But yeah. No, it was his wedding, and uh, yeah, no, uh, Logan Roy, the the patriarch of the whole family, uh, has has passed away. He died. They did it. Oh my god! So they did it in episode three of the of the last season, <laughs> just kind of out of nowhere, hidden in an episode titled "Yeah, Connor's Wedding." <laughs> it's uh, it's surprising. How uh, how dry is the ink on some of those? I'm selling the company to this third party contracts. Yeah, no, that's all playing into it. Uh. But no, genuinely, it was like an emotionally disturbing episode. It was a very realistic depiction of death in the 2020s. Like the the distance between all of us, but this instant communication yeah. aspect. Like yeah, like he he dies off screen he doesn't get a death scene the the arguably most important character of the entire show doesn't get a death scene we get it by from the perspective of the kids getting a phone call from someone who's with him on the private jet that he you know collapsed and stopped breathing Jesus and they're performing Christ. cpr on him and yeah just the reality of that type of situation that in all honesty pretty much all of us are gonna face yeah in our life like you know when when a loved one dies in this time we, yeah we we're probably gonna hear about it yeah before the details are all there like you know back in the early 1900s you get a telegram days later after it all happened kind of mm -hmm. explaining everything or you know and then and maybe you know everyone that you loved and cared about you'd be living right next to right now yeah when we're all kind of spread out I don't know. I'm getting getting a phone call that's kind of like, "Hey, your your parent is very sick, and it doesn't seem like he's gonna make it." That's <laughs> that's an actual reality that we're all gonna yeah. face. And so watching, 
yeah, just a very claustrophobic 27 minute long take. They did a one take of from the minute they get the call to, yeah, when they when things have kind of like started to become crystallized. And yeah, it's it's fucking horrifying, man. So there's nothing they can do. Like yeah. that is, they can't even be there. They can't. No, nope. yeah, they can't go anywhere. Even they're struggling oh, against that. They're trying to throw money at it. Like, oh, get the best heart surgeon in the world on the phone in a conference call with his doctor on a conference call with the the flight attendant who's performing CPR. And then, yeah, it's just at the end of the day, you know, he was dead before really any medical attention was given. Basically, and. Yeah. yeah. Then you get a confused phone call from someone else there who's trying to hold everything together, but everyone kind of knows what's going down. And then the broader implications of when that person is a, 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 as they call it, a material aspect of a multinational corporation, like that needs to be disclosed to shareholders oh. and the markets and the future of this multi billion dollar corporation being in the balance yeah so how long can we grieve privately our father's passing before we commit a uh, fraud and market manipulation exactly the answer is minutes like and then kendall the sort of de facto leader because he's the quote-unquote oldest son even though like i said he's not actually the oldest son has to because yeah at one point shiv says like can we just have them like circle for like 30 minutes so we can like get our bear because they're coming back, you know, to land and and, and Kendall has to literally say like, guys, what we do on this day will forever be what we did on the day that our father died. <laughs> like this, this is it, you know, like we have to, I, it's, it's a fucking impossible situation, but we have to actually kind of do something here, you know? <laughs> Like, we're going to have to give a statement to the press. We are going to have to, yeah, make this all happen. So it was fucking crazy, man. Yeah. And it, it hit me in a in a, in a a not great way. <laughs> like Oof. that, the emotional turmoil of like, yeah. Because like, it's not like he's a good person in the show. Like, he's a despicable human being. He's, right. he's literally a representation of modern evil. But in how it like impacts a human being to have their parent die while they're not with them and the confusion and kind of horror surrounding that yeah it's not great i i'm lucky i've been fortunate enough that like every time i've had a close relative or a family friend pass away there's always been some kind of notice there's always been some kind of like they are in a medical facility or they're in hospice care and never, right. but no, that's only a matter of time because this is a free universal human experience that yeah. we don't have teleportation yet. So right. like we can't instantly be near this person, but we do have instant communication. Mm -hmm. So we are getting instant real time updates on these, but unable to do situations, anything about but it. Yeah. Completely powerless to affect any of the events going on. And confused as to like act what is actually happening because it's not going to be perfect information necessarily. And yeah, I don't know. Guys, this will affected. be forever. This will forever be the day. This will forever be the things we did the day our father died. Send a tweet. 
<laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Everyone... Crying emoji, but like the laughing crying emoji. Yeah, like, that accidentally. Like, and... Right, that grandmother's post on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, and everyone's really confused and some right. people are angry and no one knows why. And right. <laughs> just up just found out my sister. Dolores passed away at the age of 87 and it's just the, and it's the full background of the laughing crying emoji just like it's just like god damn like, grandma I want you to walk me through the thought process of why you thought this was acceptable why you thought this was an actual I'm sad I cried well, with your mouth open and I'm yeah. turned and it taking turned up the like entire background of the post yeah. I don't oh. see so good. Old people Facebook, man. Uh, it used to be cool. Maybe. Mm. Facebook was cool. Facebook yeah. was objectively cool, man. Back in the late aughts. Oh. It's the place to be. Fuck yeah. Um, the premiere of the new Makoto Shinkai film, Susume, was a place to be. I'm glad I went there. It's a cool thing I can do uh, because of my job, because of the place I live. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Fourteen-year-old uh, me would think it'd be wicked sick that I'm getting to go to stuff like this. The movie was pretty meh. Yeah, but that's how it works, right? Like, right. You're not. You're not going to get inv- invited to the hot ticket. Right. Fucking unbelievable. Like every early review is like this movie is going to rock your fucking world. You're not. You're not getting that. Uh, you're getting the. Oh wow, we really need to fill out this fucking theater, man. Like, let's. <laughs> I got invited to, God, what was that fucking horrible sci-fi movie? Um, uh, it starred like kids. Uh, was it Artemis or some shit like that? What was that movie? God damn, movie I need to find it. Do you remember what year? I mean, it would have been yeah, like 2018, 2019, probably 2018, honestly um maybe even 2017 um what was it about this is like science uh like space um they had no charisma <laughs> i've read all the reviews and they were all just horrifying like they were all just really bad um god damn i need to i'll, I'll find it but yeah no i mean yeah. it's not great I, like also, the caveat there is that, like, I cannot think of an anime film that's, like, 10 out of 10. Blockbuster. Critic, critics agree. This is the best of that lot. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll be able to go to a Ghibli movie premiere. Like, possibly the last time Miyazaki. Uh, what about uh, Redline? <laughs> oh, I like that 10, movie. Right, Lucas? That came oh. out in, like, 2013, though. That's not like... Yeah, if you got invited movie, to the yeah. premiere of Redline, you wouldn't be blown away? This is a 10 out of 10 Yeah, that'd be movie. dope shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'd enjoy that. Jesus Christ. Um, I, I don't... I, I don't know how much I'm... How much I can say about the film other than, like, I didn't... It was a very wholesome movie. Like there wasn't even a villain really other than like the embodiment of natural disasters. And the movie itself was kind of a, uh, a processing of the, uh, I think it was the 2011 Japanese earthquake that led to a nuclear plant. Uh, I, I forget the exact term, but it became dangerous and, uh, 
made the surrounding region unlivable, uh, unlivable and there was a potential uh, collapse detonation there. Um, I don't, I, I just don't think I like Makoto Shinkai films, unfortunately. Yeah. Glad there I went. Go. Probably had like 20, 25, 30, 30 bucks worth of free drinks. That was neat. There you go. It was um by the way, it was Valyrian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Oh shit. I, I do remember, I remember some commercials the, for that. The, with Timothy Chalamet. No, no. No. Dane DeHaan. Oh. <laughs> I guess maybe Cara Delevingne also. Ooh. Um, yeah. What a cast. Yeah, I think Rihanna was in it too. Yeah, oh, Rihanna was in that's it. That's the that's the one where everyone was defending it by like well, it's a French movie, so of course it wouldn't make sense to Americans. It's Luc Besson, um, who, by the way, got accused by one of the actresses on this movie of rape. <laughs> so well, yeah, he's French. On this movie, like I, so I'm I'm glad I passed on that one oh. because yikes, that would be a memory. So there you go. Jesus Christ. Yeah, don't go to every premiere, apparently, uh, because that's what you learn in L.A. You don't go to every premiere that you're offering. Yeah, there. But I know people who didn't go to the previous premiere I went to, and then maybe they didn't get an invite to this one because of that. So I don't know. Mm. Did you have to actually make a cameo? Like, did you have to actually like hobnob with the people who were inviting you or did you not even like see anyone really? Uh, I saw a couple people. I, I I don't think I networked too much. Uh, I guess the biggest name in, that like I recognized uh, is somebody I had talked to previously at Crunchyroll Expo. Uh, but I already had the exchange of the first time talking to her, she was plastered. So then the following time talking to her, she did not recognize me. And I was uh. like, Mm, I don't know if I can emotionally take not being remembered. It's state-based memory, though. So if right. she's drunk again, then she'll remember you again. Also, she's not going to listen to this, right? No, probably not. <laughs> probably not. That's yeah. not good enough, Lucas. <laughs> I don't. Uh, probably she not. She might not good enough. We haven't dropped saying. a name. She might. If she doesn't remember me and is ah. listening to this sober, she won't know that we're talking about her. <laughs> She doesn't know who you are, but she does listen to the podcast Stone Sober on her commute. <laughs> Selective uh, amnesia, a writer's yeah. dream. Right. I mean, really, you were just being fucking like hardcore curbed. Like you were getting the full social blow off. Just like, I don't remember you at all. Like walks away. <laughs> just I like Possibly. Yeah. But maybe, yeah, this is making it even more of a curb moment. I ran into her again. For a flight, we were on the same flight back to Los Angeles. So then God to get damn. the, I don't remember you because I was too drunk would have been advanced. Yeah. That's that is advanced Ugh. and possible. Plausible Andrew, even. You are advancing through Resident Evil 1. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh i mean yeah we we are advancing um we think we're almost done with it but we've also thought we were almost done with it for a while again we do have a really fun time playing this game and we've talked about it before it's unlike any game we've ever played 
the structure of how the puzzles and like the order you have to do shit in this game is so unbelievably asinine that I don't know if like in the late 90s this just was what games were like and it made sense and if you played these kinds of games you were able to handle it fine <laughs> but I could not for the life of me un- understand the kind of person that would know what to do next right. without a guide saying and then go do this thing because <laughs> it I... it none of it is connected in a way that makes any sort of sense it's fucking ridiculous is it like the kind of thing where well we got to make sure people have their money's worth get a, get a lot of time out of this so it's just going to be obtuse and they're going to stumble through it until they happen upon where they need to be for the next thing no there's no stumbling upon anything like you have to go into specific places and look in specific drawers that are in specific rooms that in order to get into you have to have already done 30 steps ah it's yeah it's it's kind of crazy i you kill that giant spider yet yeah yeah we did Again, we're playing on easy mode, so the combat oh, okay. is like super, like chill, like it's it's not hard. But like we were, we did that because if there was any sort of struggle with the combat and we would die and lose an hour worth of bullshit progress, it, it would have been kind of heartbreaking. Very fair. Um... Again, we're really liking it. We're excited to play. Uh, resident evil 2 remake once we're done with this so that we can then finally play resident evil 4 remake and understand who leon kennedy is i i'm very curious about uh your reaction to resident evil 2 because it's my understanding that like so resident evil 4 is probably the best one but resident evil 2 is it's like the favorite one Yeah. yeah um and also, like, these are remakes. Like, we'll, we'll never experience the mindset that these people were in when these games came out that made them so special. But I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to enjoying a game that was made this decade. You don't? Valid. Uh, you don't feel transported back to 1996 playing the Resident Evil 1 remake? I mean, I was a year old at that point. I don't know what that was like. Uh-huh. Fair. I but when did Resident OG Resident Evil 2 come out? 1998. Okay. Okay. Wait, so Resident Evil 1 was like early PlayStation 1 then. Resident Evil 1 was a PC game. What? Yeah, I, I think that's what it released on. Resident Evil 1 release. Developed yeah. by Capcom Wasn't that for the PlayStation. PlayStation. It came out on PlayStation. Okay. Oh, okay. And when did? Okay, US. It came out in '95. Japan, late '94. And still pretty early. Also, I will say, like you know, Resident. This is Resident Evil HD. Right. This is a this is a remaster of the original game. It is pretty good looking. Oh. Part of it's because like. The game isn't rendering anything. The background is literally like photographs that have been bent to be three-dimensional, essentially. Um, It looks pretty fucking good for a game that like came out in like 2004. um, I think is when they remade it for like modern settings, Hmm. some shit like that. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's like looking at some of the uh, OG PlayStation um, screenshots. It's pretty bad looking, but it's so evocative. Uh, all right, very cool. Let us know when you get through that, and let us know when you start Resident Evil Two, please. Uh, I finished Fire Emblem Engage. Finally. Uh, a little long in the tooth and not quite as mechanically clever as it thought it was. But uh, yeah, still maybe my second or third favorite Fire Emblem game. Uh, glad I played it. Also, I'm rewatching uh, The Venture Bros uh, with Maria, who has never seen it before, uh, in preparation for the film TV special. We are like three episodes shy of finishing the first season. There are a lot more piss jokes in this than I remember. Like, first eight episodes, there's, like, one an episode. I, I, I forgot about that. Why Why so many piss jokes? I don't know. Because, like, it's kind of a parody. It's kind of making fun of, like, pulpy Johnny Quest-style cartoons from the 70s and 80s. So, well, they can't piss in that. Let's have them piss in the Venture Brothers. But, yeah, that... That definitely goes away, and I'm looking forward to uh, that going away. And then I'm looking forward to the piss going away. Looking forward to the piss going away. Them it's taking the, the piss out of the Venture Brothers. It's the Pro ZD uh, uh, classic short where it's just like introducing an anime to a friend, and it's just like this guy sucks, and he's just like, no, no, he gets better, and he's just like, oh, I'm peeing on myself. I'm so scared. I'm peeing and pooping my pants, and it's just like he gets. He gets better, like yeah. <laughs> in like twenty three episodes. Just, yeah, just give no. it time. It's like this dude sucks. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I he's referencing Demon Slayer in that, and I would make oh, the really? argument that no, Zenitsu does not get better. Damn, you know the reference too. He he goes from being terrible to being bad. That's not. <laughs> I'm glad I, when when I rewatched Game of Thrones with Angel, I was glad that the the they ruined Jamie Lannister again because it didn't have the same impact on me when she just fucking hated Jamie Lannister. Yeah, was, but I, like at one point in like season five, I was like Jamie Lannister. I think is the most interesting dynamic character of the whole show. Like he he genuinely had a redemption arc that was earned, and he is now a true neutral character from like the definition of evil and i think it would have hurt me a little more if they would have actually nailed that and continued his true neutral arc uh but yeah no they just ruined him again and so it didn't matter to me i was like yeah i guess he does kind of suck i don't know (laughs) cool i I couldn't care less about this (laughs) i uh and that is the only interesting thing i have to uh point out about this venture bros rewatch so far is that Seeing the things that, like, it's not totally clear with this show because seven seasons, uh, there are seven seasons of the Venture Brothers that were written over the course of, I think, 20 years. It's not totally clear what's a callback and what was them setting stuff up the entire time. Hmm. And, like, it's fun for me to mentally be like, wait, this thing on the spaceship, did they actually like intend for this thing to go the direction it inevitably went i think so 
versus like, oh, them finding Grover Cleveland's time machine <laughs> is like a throwaway line in one episode that comes into play 20 years later in season seven. So that's fun for me. If I you watch the fucking pilot of Futurama, you got fucking Nibbler, oh. the sh- like Nibbler's mm-hmm. shadow. Like they, yeah. I don't know that they were setting up the actual or like, if they just story thought, let's that put they a little thing of. there. And yeah, let's put a little thing and we'll figure it out later. Who knows? But like, damn, like that is some some preparation, man. <laughs> I don't know how how you do that as a writer. You're just like I know at some point we'll talk about this. So let's. Let's put something in there and figure it out. I cheer me out on this one. We put a shadow there that foreshadows this weird uh Boston Terrier alien thing we introduce later that's uh, actually super smart and trying to save the universe. Yeah. It'll work out, trust me. Please approve yeah. this pilot. Right. Yeah, they have the full pitch and everything, and the network execs are like, you realize this is not gotten a series order right like we 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 thank you for the pilot i don't know that we're going forward with this necessarily and you have seems like a multi-season arc about a lot of lore in there yeah i don't i really hope you didn't waste your time it's it's really on the bubble we're not sure we're gonna pick it up no but hear me out like down the line i have this revolutionary idea of branching seasons so what I need you to do, there's going to be a season 5A and a season 5B, both half-length orders, but telling diverging plot lines. Uh, and they're airing simultaneously, of course. So I need you to block out a full hour of Thursday night prime time to air these two conflicting narratives back to back. Please approve this Sold. pilot. Green light. Absolutely. 22 episodes, five season order. I'm not You're groaning. In. I made the Simpsons. That's what actually happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same with disenchantment or whatever the fuck. I did the Simpsons that one time, motherfucker. Yeah, what are you, you better, gonna do? You better highlight or green light my fucking shitty like just whatever show. They're still making that, right? Like no, I think it got officially canceled. Season? I, I thought, thought it got officially canceled. Which one? Disenchantment. Disenchantment, the Netflix one. Oh yeah, it got three seasons, right? Uh four, like I think. Four, yeah, four. Damn. A renewal looks unlikely. Uh, that's a lot of seasons for a show now. Oh no, no season four came out in twenty twenty two though. No, there you go. Yeah. So it's been over a year, and there's been no word. So probably dead. Oh, wait, they do the weird thing where they're like 10 episode orders, but like that's only half of one. All right. <laughs> Whatever. Disenchantment. I'm out. Whatever. And I think we are just about out of material for episode 220 of the Voluntary Viewing Podcast, which will almost certainly be titled Jesus versus Zeus Tomb of Doom. If you like what you heard, uh, like, comment, subscribe, etc. Check us out on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok for highlight clips. Actually, link in the description. Uh, support us on the Spotify podcast platform, I guess. Uh, or our Patreon, where you can join the likes of the terrific Tiffany Cole, Sucky Badger, and Sensual Richard Nixon. 
Uh, send us your questions, business opportunities, voluntary viewing at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at V2 underscore podcast for updates. Follow me at Lucas Dreider on Twitter to keep up with all of my writing and everything I have going on, uh, which includes an interview with Anime Historian and Anime Herald uh, EIC uh, Samantha Faria uh, later this week. Uh, that is happening Thursday afternoon Pacific time if you want to tune into that and uh, learn some history, learn some anime. Is it too late to title this episode? Learn some anime. Probably. Probably. <laughs> okay. Bye. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.